Hello everyone and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we're going to be going over some of the news that just happened in the CDL MW2 news uh, as a lot of people are playing it on stream tomorrow and a little bit of roster news that we have then some stuff that was talked about on the flank that I kind of like to give my opinions on and that's going to do it. going to be a pretty short episode today. I know you guys are probably expecting to click on this one. Those of you that watched the last podcast or a few podcasts uh, and we're expecting to see the Vanguard tier list. Um, I'm so sorry, you guys. I feel like I just uh, keep lying to you, and you guys might think I'm doing it on purpose, but I'm not. Uh, I've been kind of trying to keep it under wraps, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say right away, uh, the reason that the Vanguard tier list is delayed, we have a special new guest joining the podcast, uh, my duo, one of my best friends in the world, um, the nastiest COD player I play with, um, and has been following the scene forever as well, one of my best friends in life. He's going to be joining the podcast, so that's kind of a little reveal earlier than I wanted to, but he's going to be joining. Um, and he ordered a PC from Paradox, but Paradox, um, uh, the dude who built my PC, Absolute Beast, I'm sure all you guys know who he is. Um, they're getting so many damn orders right now that they ran out of some parts, so his PC just keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And it sounds like maybe they're hopefully going to get that last part in today, potentially, or tomorrow, and are going to be able to ship it out somewhat soon. So I'm really, really, really hoping um, that his PC is in um by next week so that we can finally make that episode so you can hop on with me and record so that's really what the delay is i didn't want to like say it i kind of just wanted it to be a surprise on the podcast when he hopped on but um i've said like two or three weeks now that i thought it was time for the vanguard to just happen i was waiting for him to do it with me it's kind of a good way for him to ease in and you know there's gonna be some nerves for his first time on the podcast that's how i was the first however many i made um i know kyle had the nerves the first time and uh he was on stuff so there's gonna be some nerves i feel like just talking about the, something he knows, which is the players in Vanguard. Um, he knows really well, kind of ease him in and just a casual conversation between friends will help ease him into the podcast. Um, and I mentioned Kyle, obviously you guys know Kyle had to take a break um, from the podcast for uh, just personal stuff in life. He had a very, very busy time in life, had to take a break. Uh, the door is always open for Kyle to return. I don't want you guys to think I like kicked Kyle off or something or um Something like that happened, but the door is always open. Uh, Kyle knows that, and he can hop on an episode anytime. He can hop on right in the middle. Um, I love Kyle. Um, made the podcast like 100 times more fun to record, and I extremely, extremely, extremely miss him um, on the podcast because he's a great duo as well. So, I mean, if he wants to come back on the podcast at any point and he gets a little more free time uh, in his life, his busy schedule, he's going to be right back on. We're going to have a little trio here. Um and I'm looking forward to that day if that day comes. But my friend will be joining us as soon as his PC comes in. So that's what uh, the kind of delay is. If you guys just think I'm being lazy and don't want to do it or something. No, that's not the case. We're waiting for his PC to come in. So hopefully Paradox can get those parts in soon and get his PC all built and sent out to him. That's a long enough intro for this one, though. I just want to clear up uh, some things like that that are going on. Uh, so hopefully that Vanguard deal is coming out soon. Uh, like I said, though, today's episode probably going to be a little shorter because... Uh, was planning to do that and then we got uh, the news that it was going to be delayed again so just going to go ahead with some news uh if you guys enjoy this one be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe if you're on youtube uh, drop a follow drop a review if you're able on the audio platforms you guys are crushing it on youtube again i don't even know how it's possible i like i feel like i just thank you guys so much and i can't i can't stop thanking you um it's the dead time you know views have been going down a little bit for the pod and listens have been going down a little bit because it's the off season uh that's what happens uh, in the CDL offseason, you know, things kind of slow down. There's not as much for me to talk about and there's not as much that you guys are interested in. Like I get that. Uh, um, I appreciate any support we get, but I get that at this time of year, like the CDL isn't as interesting to a lot of people unless you're an absolute diehard fan, but you guys came out and 
I mean, we had like 2,500 views on YouTube on the last podcast. That's insane numbers, something I never thought that I would hit. And we are, at the time I hit recording this, at 698 subs. We're two subs short of 700. So if you guys could drop a sub on YouTube and help us hit that 700 mark. Just a little bit ago, I was asking you guys to help at the three and 400 mark. Can't believe we're already talking about potentially hitting 700. So thank you guys so much for the support. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, but the first piece of news we want to get into, Crim6, Crim, the GOAT. Um, announced that he has an announcement coming on Friday. So I'm recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, a couple days from now on Friday, Krim has an announcement coming. And some rumors people are saying may suggest he might have taken Paul's spot because apparently Paul was on Twitter talking about how he may have gotten snaked out of something or I was a little upset from what I had heard. Um, and apparently people are saying that Krim might have taken a spot on London. I don't exactly know what that roster would look like if that was the case, but he said like the journey continues or something uh on twitter so that is something interesting because that would make me believe it's like a picture of him um let me look let me pull that up from Krim here so i can look at it um it's like a picture of him when he did that walkout uh and he's like in that like undertaker thing with a hat on and his you know his Krim posed the light shining on him and says the story continues announcement on friday so i would like to believe that means that's not like a retirement or like a new chapter kind of announcement it's more of like a hey i got on this team Seems like it would have to be like London or Paris because like everybody else, we pretty much know of what their roster is going to be. So I would think it has to be one of those teams, London or I guess Vegas technically now. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with that. Kind of on a related note, ASUM was apparently released uh, in air quotes I'm saying here from LAG. Uh, and it sounds like maybe he got bought out to a new team or something because like Ben... Uh, Ben Janaseem, you know, on the flank said like, oh, released question mark or something like that. Or like, was he, um, so it makes it kind of sound like maybe he was shipped off to another team or bought out by another team. Uh, and Ben would probably be a very good source for this because we know Asim extremely close with Zuma and the guys in the flank with Zuma and Ben, they're very good friends. So, uh, if there was a player that Ben would probably know about Asim might be on the top of that list. Cause I believe they are pretty close friends. Uh, so maybe Asim was bought out. I'd love to see that. We know uh, Asim and how much he can impact a game with his pace of play. Um, I'd be very excited if he was able to make it onto a team because uh, we saw him win an event. I, was, I saw him win his first event in person last year in Minnesota. And the pressure he can apply on a map when he's on the right team can be incredible. So maybe he's on London. I actually wouldn't hate if maybe he got bought out and went to Vegas or something because um, if like Clay ends up there with Temp or something and then they get Asim, you know, it's a little trio that I like. Or Temp and Asim is not a bad starting point for where we've seen Paris uh, or Vegas now at. Uh, Temp and Asim would probably be like the best starting duo they've had. Um, so maybe he would go there. That'd be kind of cool. But hopefully he's he's on a roster. It technically released, though, was like the statement or like he's, he's parted ways with LAG. Uh, but haven't announced at the moment I hit record of where he's going, if he's a free agent, if he's going anywhere. Uh, and then speaking of Paris or now Vegas, they officially renamed and relocated to Las Vegas. And as of now, they are apparently keeping everything branding wise, like the colors, the logo, everything. They're just switching the Paris to Vegas uh, and then technically like locations for where they're based out of. Um, I'm not shocked that nothing's changing. I'm just very disappointed. I know like Blake, um, who's in Optic, you know, part of TST was saying like, I would literally rebrand uh, for you if you guys needed like do anything to change this horrible color scheme. Yeah, like their color scheme is a little rough like that, like weird like dark bluish with like that orange uh and like red i don't know it's just a very very odd color scheme it doesn't seem to like be all that appealing uh they basically just have the new orleans saints logo if you guys know um who that is it's basically like the same logo as the saints in the nfl if you guys are football fans uh so i don't know just overall not the best branding obviously we know they don't really do anything with their branding either they don't really 
make apparel besides like whatever the the basic league stuff, league mandated jerseys and sweatshirts and stuff are and t-shirts. Uh, they don't really make content or anything like they maybe made a couple pieces of content ever in their time in the CDL. So uh, they're moving to Vegas. Uh, I guess, you know, in my opinion, it's cool. Like Vegas is probably a city that should have a team at some point. Uh, they just finally got an NFL team in the Raiders and like Vegas, obviously very well-known city, very popular city for traveling and stuff. And it seems like it could be a very cool place for them to host an event. Obviously the the event in Minnesota that I went to was in a casino and that was really cool. And obviously Vegas uh, casinos, it's what they're known for. They can do something kind of cool like that if they were to host an event. Um, however, I'm really sad that, uh, that, that we're leaving Paris because we know like with the ESWCs that were in Paris and stuff, like fans were nuts there. And people always said like the fans were great over there. And I really feel like it was a missed opportunity to not have the Paris team, you know, really care. They didn't care. Um, they could have had more activation in the local communities in France, uh, like we've seen with specifically the Rocker and how they've built a fan base from, you know, not really being in COD. It was like Vikings ownership. They hadn't really had a history in COD or anything. And, you know, they buy in and they build this big fan base by like local activation and really making things popular and doing watch parties. And I feel like Paris, uh, we saw at ESWC, they loved their COD and they had a player like Hydra who they could have made their franchise player if they were just willing to pay. We would have seen local activation, I think. Paris could have been a great market for Call of Duty, and I think it really sucks that we're not going to get to see that market um, kind of play out. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, a little bit of NW2 news. Obviously, the next title of Call of Duty is going to be called Modern Warfare 2, um, not like a remake or a, a sequel to the old MW2 from back in our childhoods, a lot of our childhoods, but it is like a, a sequel to MW 2019, my least favorite Call of Duty ever made without a doubt. Um, apparently pros and like content creators and stuff are playing MW2 tomorrow on stream for like a, an event. Um, some news we've heard, apparently doors and tax sprint are back. Um, but the ghost of hope, who is a pretty popular leaker and has been pretty accurate with leaks in the past says that from the maps he's seen doors are few and, uh, far between. So, uh, apparently they're pretty rare on the maps that he's at least seen. Hopefully that's um, the case for every map. Hopefully doors are very rare and are, are barely on the map because doors just kind of suck and they're very fluky for competitive. Uh, tax sprints back. I mean, I'm I'm kind of disappointed. I do like the the standard way of Call of Duty, but I mean, it kind of seems like it's a given that tax sprint was going to be in this game, considering it was a sequel to out to MW 2019, where we saw tax sprinting introduced. And it's also like tied in with Warzone, which uh, tax sprint is obviously a very big thing for Warzone. So you can actually move around the map a lot quicker. Um, one of the many reasons why I'll probably mention it again later, but why I'm not a fan of Warzone because I'm purely like a, a multiplayer and competitive type of person, type of player. Um, that's what I'm interested in. Not that there's anything wrong with Warzone. Warzone obviously is extremely popular. And if you, you like Warzone, Warzone is your thing. Cool. More power to you. Just not really my thing. I'm more of a the competitive in pubs aspect of Call of Duty. And tax sprinting sucks for competitive. And uh, a lot of the things that Warzone introduced to Call of Duty suck for competitive. So for that reason, I'm like, damn, Warzone really, really ruined a lot of things for us in the competitive scene. Um, and the whole tax sprint thing is one of them. Uh, Temp apparently said that the slide, we've heard this before, uh, is like ghosts where your gun goes down. So hopefully it's a mostly useless tool to get into engagements, but more used as like, a, oh, shoot, I got to get around this corner. Sliding will make it a little faster to like slide and like maybe avoid some shots or something. Because uh, really where sliding breaks the game is where you can use it to get into your engagement, um, aka slide canceling or slide canceling into a heady like you would always do in BO4 and stuff, uh, where you could just basically slide cancel and like see maybe out earlier than you would if you just ran around the corner or like walked into it. So slide is apparently less OP um, according to what Temp and other people have said. So hopefully that's actually true and uh, 
Selingham doesn't find a way to bust it and um, slide cancel like on day one when he's playing the game or something. Um, apparently, dolphin dive and like mounting are also in the game, though. So you're going to be able to dolphin dive and slide. I'm interested to see how that mechanic works. Maybe it's going to be like a, a tap to dolphin dive and a hold to slide or something. I wonder how that'll work. I don't think it'll be two separate buttons because that would kind of be a lot, but I would think maybe it's like a tap to dolphin dive and a, and a hold the slide or maybe vice versa, something like that. Um, there was a map overview released and some people were saying it looks like raid. Uh, some aspects were kind of similar, but it looks pretty solid from what I see. Like it looks like pretty clearly three lane looks maybe a little chaotic on certain points. Um, apparently, and now I want you guys to not laugh when I say this and take it with a very big grain of salt, take it very lightly, but apparently some people that have played it said it kind of plays like raid some pros. We're going to take that very, 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 very lightly, uh, because in all likelihood, the game probably has squad spawns, so it will not play anything like raid. Uh, and also at the same time, raid is like one of, if not the best competitive map ever to exist. So to say a map plays like raid is like insanely high praise. The map could be a fantastic top tier map and it might not even be nearly as good as raid because raids probably in the S tier of competitive maps, not probably raid is in the S tier of competitive maps that have ever existed in call of duty. So, um, it, to say it potentially maybe plays like raid is a wild comparison because it could even be a very, very good map. Uh, and it might not be that close to raid. So that, that's a little wild to maybe have people saying stuff like that already, especially if there's like squad spawns and stuff in the game, because that'll greatly affect how good the map plays. But from the, the brief overview, obviously we can't tell anything. We can't tell anything about the aesthetic and the colors and um, how the map plays, what the line of sights look like. But from the picture of the minimap, it looks like a pretty decent, like clear three lane map, which is something we didn't see much of in MW. So hopefully that is the case. Uh, there was something in the settings that talked about like your walk speed um but apparently that's more for like pc or warzone or that new like tarkov mode and i'm not going to pretend to know much about tarkov you guys know i've pretty much been a console person just recently got the pc to help with the podcast and i've been playing a little bit of valorant lately but in terms of like pc game knowledge not my thing don't know a lot about it um there's certain like pc games like overwatch that i've played on console a lot um and now i play a little bit of valorant and really i'm getting into the competitive thing i've been watching champs and stuff um over these past couple weeks and that's like the one pc game i'm really into but i'm not gonna pretend like i know a lot about tarkov but i know there is a mode that's apparently similar to tarkov coming for this game and people said that that whole walking setting could be for that and for warzone and mostly for pc apparently it's got like a zero to 100 slider for your walk speed or like your default walk speed um and if it's below 25 you are completely silent and anything above that. I think it gets progressively louder for how much your speed is, which to me, that's the part that I'm interested in. If this is a thing that's like a setting for multiplayer as well, and not just like Warzone, uh, and for competitive and stuff has me thinking that footsteps could be very loud again, like they were in MW when you're moving at full speed on that, like walking spectrum and not sprinting. So it's not confirmed either that we have Ninja or like a dead silence in the game. So I'm very scared of this. Like, let's say you are walking at that like 100 speed, which is like in competitive and most times you're going to be going full speed, especially in respawn. If you're going to be able to hear such loud footsteps again, that really worries me because that's just, I don't know. To me, I'd have, I'd rather have the footsteps be completely silent. You've got to use your map awareness and your teammates call outs and communication and everything to find where people are. Not because you hear somebody stomping with iron boots on over like the loudest thing you've ever heard and crashing through. So you hear them. not a big fan of that, but hopefully they aren't too crazy loud because it's not confirmed. We have Ninja or anything in the game. Uh, then the last thing on MW, Gunsmith is confirmed to be in the game. Um, they're calling it like Gunsmith 2.0 or whatever. That's just a massive L to me. I mentioned it earlier, but it's kind of like one of those give and takes with Warzone. Obviously helped grow the Call of Duty scene a lot because Warzone is so popular. 
Um, but one of the negatives to me for Warzone being a competitive fan and a multiplayer fan. Oh, the gunsmith is here. Um, a lot of people have been talking about it. I saw Octane and some others talking about it. They just miss like, and they could spawn in, pick three attachments and go run around with their three perks. Or they miss when they could do a pick 10 and they could like, you know, load their gun up, but be penalized and not get any perks for it or something or no tax or no nades, no lethals. Um, seems like this gunsmith era is here to say, uh, here to stay. I think it's like a massive L. I can see the appeal for like a war zone because you can do so many different combinations. Like you can have a gun that specializes for when you're uh, trying to clear a building, uh, or you can have a gun that specializes for when you're kind of out in the open and you need to shoot long range. So I get stuff like that for Warzone and how all these different attachments could keep it interesting. But for competitive, like we're going to build one gun. And to me, it was always better when it was like, hey, on my gun, I'm going to put a foregrip, I'm going to put a quick draw, and I'm going to put a stock and a sight or something. And then I'll throw on a perk one and a perk two. But since I have four attachments, I can't actually use a perk three, but I'll use a stun. And then this teammate will use a nade, uh, like the pick 10. Or if it was just like a straight up, like, hey, you can put two attachments on your gun. Like you put a, a grip and a stock on your gun. Um, and then you're going to get the three perks. You're going to get your nade. You're going to get your tack. And then you're going to go on from there. It's going to be simple. Um, you can experiment with the couple, like the 12 attachments that come for the gun. You can experiment. You're going to get three of them. You experiment, find the best gun. Maybe some people like uh, quick draw over the grip or something, or maybe some people prefer to have no stock, but throw on a sight or like there's the little slight changes, but like you didn't have 16 different stocks to choose from and 16 different grips to figure out what they all did. And like, you might go the whole year and you're not even using the best possible version of the gun. Cause there's like 18 billion different combinations to try. Um, overall the gunsmith for, uh, the competitive aspect, uh, is just not the best thing I can see even how pubs it could be good because you get so many different combinations to not make the game be stale. Like I see the theory behind it from a casual standpoint but this is um a podcast where we're talking about the cdl and competitive so from a competitive standpoint gunsmith kind of sucks because of the variability it brings into the game but I, I definitely see the point of it like if you guys are more of a casual player and you really enjoy warzone and pubs i completely see the point of it like it, it adds variety which uh when you want people to keep replaying your game for a year and in this case two years you've got to add some random stuff into the game that is going to make it seem more replayable so i, I get the business aspect of it but from a competitive aspect, I just still don't like it. Um, couple things from the flank I want to talk about before we wrap it up and hopefully keep it under like a half an hour this week again. Um, the flank tweeted like a thing out basically is a picture of the COD Champs trophy um, from I think that's BO4 to be honest. Uh, and it says, who's the most underrated Call of Duty player of all time? And I was just kind of going to go through some of the replies. The first, the top reply is Doug saying, me and it's not even close. Um... Jacob Hale, obviously you guys know him a pretty well-renowned esports reporter, said it's got to be Crowder for him off the top of his head. Never the flashiest player, nor someone winning championships all the time, but his resume across his playing and coaching career is incredibly tippable. Um, obviously, Crowder has the ring as a player in AW. A couple championships sprinkled along the way in other titles, and then he won the Cold War ring with uh, Atlanta Faze as the coach and obviously took second this year with them as the coach, second in um mw with them as the coach second for thieves as the coach so like that's what three second places at champs he's gotten as a coach and a win and then he also won a champs himself and i finished he, he finished in world war ii with phase he finished like third or fourth too so he's had a lot of top finishes as a player including a win and then a lot of top finishes as a coach including a win so i think that one's a big shout out although it says player so i think you have to kind of take out his coaching career and i, I don't think crowder would be Maybe the most uh, underrated player of all time if we're just talking strictly player and not coach, but obviously an incredible career. Um, man, I see a lot of people saying classic. You guys know how I feel about classic. I absolutely love the guy. Um, that is a really good call out for me. I feel like, um, what was that stretch where like classic won an event 
in like every title up until like Cold War, like straight. Because in MW he won with um with Toronto that one home series, the Toronto Ultra Home Series. Like he won an event from like BO3 into IW into World War Two into BO4 and then into MW. It was like a stretch of like five or whatever games where he had won an event in every one. He has many event wins, a lot of um relatively high finishes at champs. He's definitely up there. TJ said aches. Uh, I don't know. Aches is a tough one because I do think sometimes he gets underrated by people who forget how good he was and that hate him because he was so against optic. But at the same time, man, uh, I don't know. It's tough because aches is also always like pretty widely regarded as a top 10 player. So it's hard to maybe say he's underrated. Um, formals on here. I don't agree with that one. He's basically listed as top five on pretty much everybody's list. Apathy is listed on here. I agree with the Apathy one. Um, he's a two-time world champ, won a lot of uh, chips in his career, and I feel like kind of gets glossed over when it comes to the top players of all time because uh, maybe a guy like Scump in the subcategory uh, like outshines, and a lot of people are giving a lot of credit to Simp and Abizi now, which rightfully so. They're definitely up there, but Apathy is one of the few two-time world champions there is, two times or more. Um, somebody said Karma. I don't I don't think Karma's underrated. He's basically in the, he's like in the GOAT discussion. Everybody knows he's top five. Bobby Poff said fellow. I don't hate fellow. Um, he's been a very good player. One thing fellow was always known for was his average placing at champs was always very, very high. Like if he made it to champs, he was finishing top six or better. Um, so that's, that's a good call out. Um, somebody said Bance. I feel like Bance maybe could be underrated, but he's also gotten a lot of praise from people, including me as of late. So maybe he's not exactly underrated, but I, I can definitely see the argument for that. Um, J caps a very good one. I feel like the end of J-Cap's career, he was kind of tailing out individual skill-wise, so a lot of people remember him just and like think he's trash, but that is absolutely not true. Um, J-Cap's a two-time world champion for a reason. I mean, the guy made it to to grand finals at champs in, um, what was it? He was in there in Black Ops 2 on Envy, uh, and then every Jetpack final he was in, including back-to-back titles in AW and BO3, and then um, he came from winner's bracket in IW and was in finals and ended up losing. Uh, and then in BO4, he was up 2-1 with a huge lead on hardpoint against United to make a deep run there. So, like, J-Cap's definitely pretty underrated. TP's another good one. Man, I got to stop going through this. I'm going to see a million names. TP's definitely uh, underrated. He has, like, a lot, a lot of championships. Like, he's top 10 in championships, I believe, still, and has a ring. And people just never talk about him because he's kind of overshadowed by karma aches and Krim on his roster who everybody is obviously putting in their top 10 but yeah that's an interesting discussion so you guys if you're still listening at this point comment down below your thoughts who's the most underrated cod pro or maybe list a few if you have a couple that you want to shout out some ones i didn't list maybe there are probably plenty more that i could have gone through the tweet and, and thought of um then the last thing i want to talk about from the flank aches listed his preseason rankings for teams just off the top of his head in like 50 seconds and was like yeah this is pretty good somebody write it down so I want to go over that. Uh, he listed it as phase, uh, starting from one, obviously, down to the bottom. He said phase, LA Thieves, Toronto, Optic, Seattle, Rocker, LAG, NYSL, Boston, London Royal Ravens, Florida, and then the Vegas Legion. To be honest, I don't mind his list. I think I probably would put phase one as well um, because it's phase. I mean, they still have Simpa Beasy sell pretty hard to have them any lower than one or maybe two i can see maybe why you put lat up there because they are the defending champs but that phase roster is incredible like always they're usually always going to be number one because we just have no questions about them uh lat too i don't mind that they're the defending champs for a reason they're one of the few teams that's going to be coming back with the entire full roster so 
that might give them an advantage early with the chemistry aspect, and they're going to have a lot of confidence coming off a world championship. Toronto three, I don't hate. There are a little bit more question marks on this team. Like I think Scrappy's incredible, um, but I don't know. Maybe he's going to struggle a little bit right away in his first time in the pro league. I doubt it, but there are a little bit more question marks with this team. Standy, you know, we've seen him be a very good player, but he wasn't as good last year. So I'd like to see this team gel. I, I can see the the reason for optimism with Toronto at three, but I'm not fully sold on it. Uh, Optic at four. I don't think this is a bad place. I really think you could have Optic really anywhere from two to four. I can see how you can maybe put them ahead of like a Thieves or a Phase if you're really going to buy stock and Illy being healthy and maybe we're going to see stage one Optic again. I can see that. But I can also see how you think that LAT defending champs dominated Optic at champs. We've got to keep them ahead of them. Definitely fair. Phase, obviously, you can see a reason why they'd be ahead of Optic because they're Phase. They could be ahead of anyone. In Toronto, you're maybe playing for the upside and the more unknown factor of Scrappy to be a superstar to go over Optic. Don't hate it. Surge, five. Don't hate that either. Rocker, six. I might move Rocker up. I know I really like that roster, but I think it's also justified to have these five ahead of them at six, so I don't hate it. LAG, seven. This is where I get a little bit more question uh, questions for me. It's hard to rank London, Florida, Vegas because we don't like technically know their rosters, although I do believe that's probably the bottom three. Uh, London, 10. Florida, 11. Vegas, 12. That's probably how it's going to be, although... If the Vegas roster does end up with like Clay Temp, um, Asim kind of putting an asterisk on that one, I could see them that that roster moving way up or Vegas moving up to power rankings, maybe to that nine ten range if they end up getting a good roster like that. This is really the hardest part of the list for me, though. I do think his top six is probably my top six teams. I might like flip orders a little bit, but I do think that Phase, LAT, Toronto, Optics, Seattle, Rocker is probably my top six teams. Um, I like that NYSL roster a little bit more than I like the LAG roster, so I think. I would maybe move NYSL up to seven instead of LAG where he has them. And then I also kind of like the Boston roster. I feel like a little bit more than LAG, but I don't know. Boston LAG are a toss up to me. I'd, I'd maybe switch NYSL, but overall, I think he came up with a pretty damn good list. Like, I, I, Obviously, it's probably not going to be 100% correct. going to be pretty impossible to do that, but I could definitely see a world where this list shakes out pretty close and people only move maybe a couple spots from where he has them. Um, but there'll probably be one team that we have ranked in the bottom four that'll end up being a, a top five team or something. Always seems to be how it works. Always the teams on paper never go exactly how you think they'll go based on what they look like. Uh, but that's going to do it for this one. Obviously, if you guys enjoyed on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe. Uh, comment down below your thoughts on Ake's Power Rankings, what you would rank them. Comment down below your most underrated pro, your thoughts on MW2. I want to hear all your thoughts. You guys know I always like to interact with you guys down in the comments and have some conversations because that's what the podcast is for, have some conversations with you guys. Um, if you guys could drop a sub, I greatly appreciate it. Like I said, when I hit record on this, we were at 698 subs. We're so close to 700. You could sub. I greatly appreciate it. We're on that road to 100 or not 100 Gs. We're on that road to 1,000 subs to hopefully get partnered on YouTube and continue our journey. Um, I really appreciate the support. Like I, like I said, I, I can't believe you guys got 2,500 views and listens on an off-season random podcast. You guys are just the best. Incredible. Um I really appreciate the support. If you guys are on the audio platforms, be sure to drop a review uh, on there and drop a like if you're able. I really appreciate all the support. I can't say it enough. I know I'm always saying it and it might not come off as sincere, but man, it's really sincere. You guys are giving me an opportunity to continue to be more excited in the off season um, and showing so much love when I know it's maybe not the most exciting time for the CDL. But like I said, hopefully that tier list is coming next week. I know I say that every week now, but I finally told you guys the reasoning. My buddy's PC is hopefully going to get the final parts he needs from Paradox and going to get it sent out. So that's coming soon, ideally, um, and be on the lookout for that. I really appreciate the support. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.